What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Fire Talk here with the It's Lit Reviews team. I'm Jake, joined by Cole, Matt, and Adam. Ron was not able to join us this week, uh, but we do have two very special guests. One is making her return appearance, my wife, Bailey. She's back with us. And as well as a first-timer to the Fire Talk podcast, we have Aaron. I don't know if Aaron wants me to give out her last name, so I won't do it, just to prevent stalkers. Yes, protect my anonymity. <laughs> we Whatever, thought you don't want to stalk her anyway. <laughs> we, Rude. We thought it made sense to bring them out to this podcast because four guys talking about romance and rom com movies just didn't <laughs> seem to be right without some outside opinions because we tend to have pretty similar uh, tastes in movies. So we definitely needed to get a, a broader perspective. But we're going to be talking all about romance and rom coms as we get later into the, the show here. But to kick things off, Netflix, uh, last week or just the week prior, dropped a new movie starring Charlize Theron, if I pronounced that correctly, uh, called The Charlize Old Guard. Theron. Thank you. Called The Old Guard. And I wanted to get your opinion on it because I was trying to sell you guys last week on it to, to go watch it. Uh, what are our initial, our initial thoughts? It was a solid movie. Solid movie. All right, that's inspiring tons like, of confidence on my side. I, I, <laughs> I, I enjoyed watching it, but it was very clear that they were trying at the end to set it up for a second one. Oh, I mean, it was very clear throughout the entire thing that they were like, let's set up a franchise here. Uh, but I don't necessarily mind that uh, because the premise was fun. The acting, like the cast was good. Uh, I'd watch Charlize Theron in anything. Pretty uh, much. Uh, so yeah, I don't mind that they were working hard to set up a sequel, especially because the, like the movie that they made felt like it deserved a sequel. Mm-hmm. And it it did what to to what we've talked about like a bunch with some of the other like um, connected universes and things like that, it, like it or like things that openly blatantly set up sequels. It didn't leave anything unfinished in like this movie per se. Like this movie felt like it had a good story all the way through. Yes, there was plenty of opening for like more stories to come after, but there was no unanswered questions about like this story itself, which I think is a key to to having a good movie That's and having true. people want to go see a sequel. Yeah, it was a nice solid product. Like you didn't you weren't wanting something more. It wrapped up the story nicely and but also set up the future. Uh, yeah, and I mean the story for what is clearly intended to be the villain of the second movie is intense so <laughs> mm, yes no spoilers uh that movie th- this whole thing has some um, uh it's a very different idea behind the i guess like assassin genre if that's a genre of movies um super spies essentially yeah uh, so it yeah the, the second movie could get super intense very quickly cole what did you think yeah, so all honesty, I didn't, I didn't get to watch it this week. But um, <laughs> you guys aren't really selling me on it. To be completely, I'm basically you're selling well, me on that Netflix made a passable movie. And I mean, yeah. Netflix made a very watchable, very entertaining movie. But in order yeah, I, to I need something more. the, we can't give you more without absolutely destroying the movie. No, for no, I'm talking. I'm talking theater. about. I'm talking about movie wise. I've been stuck in indoors and can't go to movie theaters i'm tired of watching seven out of tens 
six and a half out of tens. I need something that's going to hit that ten out of ten. Blow your mind? No, nah, blow my mind. I'm just, I'm just tired, I don't know tired that of I'd these. Call this a ten, but it's a solid eight at least. Eight, eight, eight and a half. Yeah. The action gone, scenes are beautiful. I'd have gone to see this. I'd have gone and seen it in, in theaters after somebody told me I should go see it in theaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will watch it this it. week. I will watch it this week. It's like the most watched. Tomorrow, so. It's like the most watched original movie in Netflix history, or something like that. Okay, but it's like Tiger so King was the most watched thing on Netflix for way <laughs> yeah, too long. Yeah, and it so was. Like... And Tiger King deserves every award there is. <laughs> no, it deserves no, to be no, watched, no. but like you Tiger can't King. base it just off of most watched because that just means it's trending. That doesn't mean it's good. Tiger, yeah. Tiger King awful. deserves to get taken out into the Everglades and buried and never brought back up again. No, just <laughs> just give it, just give it to Carol Baskins. It'll disappear. Nobody will hear from it again. <laughs> the tigers will eat it. There you go. Allegedly, allegedly, Alleg- allegedly. <laughs> There's no proof yet. Innocent until yeah, proven right. guilty. Oh god, that tiger poop is long gone. There's never going to be any evidence. <laughs> oh gosh, Bailey, what do so you think? <laughs> Not yet. I gotta get the. I gotta get, get my wife's Sorry. opinion. There I go. Fucked it up already. <laughs> um. God, I hate Tiger King. I'm so sad that this guy brought up again. I think the best part about that is it's our fault that you had to watch it at all. Yeah, I think the award it deserves is Wasting Your Life Away Award. Mm. Um, It was fascinating for five minutes. Okay, so (laughs) action movies are not my thing. They are not my genre. I do not like action movies. That's just Jake's favorite thing in the world. And so, except for Marvel, she likes Marvel. Without reading like the synopsis of it, and when I started watching it, it caught my interest. So I was like, huh, okay, this has got a very interesting uh, theme to it. So, for someone that does not like action movies, I thoroughly enjoyed this. This kept me interested the whole way through. I really, really liked it. There you go, Cole. Be sold. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think Aaron was very interested for the first five minutes before she passed out the other night. <laughs> it had no- all I want to say is it had nothing to do with the movie content as to why I did not watch that movie. I do have intentions of starting it over. It was just late and other I needed to sleep more than watch that. Sure. <laughs> I was on vacation. It wasn't yeah. about the movie. Sure, sure. Whatever you need, to, whatever you need, Aaron, to to make sure that that is a. Uh, However, you need. We understand. To we understand it. <laughs> <laughs> so general Here consensus. Reviews do not condone the use of any mind-altering <laughs> substances. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Just throwing out of the mean, bus. If we don't oh, condone damn. it, do we also? Not condone, like do we? Not not the, condone it. Exactly. <laughs> Use your own discretion. We're all adults here. Exactly. Mm. If you're all a right. kid, don't listen to this part. Before we're getting too, <laughs> too out of hand here. Uh, so we are going to switch gears. We got five or four out of the four people who watched it said it's worth watching. Uh, the one out of five that started for five minutes was interested in the five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and Cole, yeah. Cole is going to watch it this week and report back to us. Yeah. So, I, have a, I have a feeling I know exactly what it is, but. That's okay. It's a it's a solid eight plus movie, and you have some of the most beautifully shot action scenes I think I've seen in a while in a movie. So it is a very well directed action. Plus, let's not pretend like Charlize Theron is hard to look at at all. No, I'm not complaining about that. I just I know Netflix. <laughs> even on your, they have even not on your delivered. worst movie, she's still cute. Like 
I'm just saying. I just know Netflix, and they have not delivered. This is definitely one of. I'll go. I'll go on record for you. I'll say this is one. I think the better, if not one of the best, Netflix original movies that I've seen. Oh, for sure. Okay. I'll give it a shot. So they're 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 stepping up their game a little bit. So on the opposite end of the spectrum, things that aren't new. We had, we had to go back this week, and we were talking about best romantic movies and best rom-coms. Uh, and so these are two, mo- two different like distinct themes or uh, genres of movies, for those of you listening at home. Your rom-coms have the intention of being funny all throughout the movie, where romantic movies have moments of funniness to them, because every movie that you've ever seen has moments of levity. It doesn't matter if it's the darkest, most horror-filled movie you've ever seen it had moments of small levity that's going to make you laugh. So we can't say like, oh, well, it made me laugh. It's not a romance movie. It's a romantic comedy. That's not how it works. So we're starting out with just those romance movies. I want to hear what everyone's favorite one is because I think we're going to have some interesting opinions from the women in the group here about our favorite, mo- our favorite romance movies. Uh, so Adam, we'll start with you. Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> Set me up for failure first. I that's see how it get, is. That's what you get for not being able to have internet because you lost power. It's just the luck of the draw. That's fair. <laughs> Speaking of power, it just came back. How about that? Yeah. Uh, timing. Yay, timing. Because I'm going to switch now. Not really. Um, so my, uh, my romantic movie, I'm uh, going throwback here to... Early what two thousands? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, something like that. Yep. And if you listen to last week's podcast at all, you'll know that uh, what really sold me on my movie last choice last week was the soundtrack for the film. Um, and I'm going with A Walk to Remember as my romantic film. Back when Mandy Moore could still sing or was like known for singing, something like that. Yeah, she was never really yeah. known for singing. Sweetie. Yeah, she, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but she, you know, you know, it was it was a side of hers, side thing, side hustle, if you will. So uh, I, I think that's probably 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 why she got part of, the part of the movie that she did because she could actually sing. Yeah, carry a tune for sure. Pretty pretty sure she could carry I'm the tune. Sure she was a pop star before she was an actress. I believe so too. Yeah, she I'm pretty was. sure too. I'm pretty sure that's she was why never, she like, got Britney the part. Level. She was no, level. no, she was never like she, she was B-list pop star. You know, she was like third tier, fourth yeah. tier, opening act. She had one hit right up there with Hillary Duff. There you go. Her oh, music, God. her music career. Yeah, that's about right. I mean, her acting career got way higher than it should have been, but that's a different topic for a different day. <laughs> <laughs> I did look it up. A walk to remember was 2002, so we were. So you were right on that. Know, yeah. Very early thousands. Good job. Oh. So the soundtrack is yeah. the reason you liked it. Uh, I remember the reason I liked it. Personally, I never. I don't think I actually have watched that movie from end to end, but I do know the soundtrack because I still know all the words to <laughs> Only Hope because I sang it constantly after that movie came out. I can attest to that. Like it just—it was one of those things that got stuck in my head, and I, it just never went away. Uh, yep. So I don't have any ill will or like opinion on the movie uh, from the sounds of the audience here. I think we probably have some other opinions on the movie. Uh, I so think a- the soundtrack is the reason why I don't like that. My Ooh. only hope make my ears bleed. <laughs> Damn, girl. Movie soundtracks, but this one is not memorable. Sorry. <laughs> like, shut up, oh. Andy Moore. I don't care if he's your only hope. Oh my God. Thank one God song. <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of falls into like, it kind of falls into the having to suspend your disbelief a little bit though. And that like, of course, like 
she's the only kid in school who's dying of leukemia who also happens to date the second hottest guy who's the reformed bad boy. Who, like, it throws a lot of, like, the genre things in one bucket. Cliches. Like, they could have rolled with, yeah, like, they could have gone with just, like, one or two of those things. Like, okay, well, she can sing, and also, like, she has no mom, and also, like, this. And it was just a lot of things stacked on, on top of one another to be like, and they're 17 in love, and it means forever, except they're still just 17. And sometimes that works out, Jake and Bailey, but sometimes it doesn't. And... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so I just feel like the, I feel like doing like the terminal illness high school romance that they were one of the first to do that. Whereas now you have films like Six Feet Apart and whatever that are or Five Feet Apart, whatever that everyone is dying movie was. And in love, I like how they did it though. Like they set him up as this hard nose and then they trans you see major character transformation through the course of the film and it's not overtly romanticized but it's still romantic because of how he goes about trying to win this girl over i think the word you were looking for there is then it's cute not overtly romantic equals cute Um. yeah Okay. I think the thing I want to point out about this that I just looked up is that I didn't know this at the time and it makes perfect sense to me that this is a Nicholas Sparks book because you oh, know Nicholas yeah. Sparks yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. writes all of the romantic movie books apparently. This Everything was like, he yeah. up apparently. This was like the movie. first Nicholas Sparks book turned into a movie. Turned so. into a yeah, movie. It was. Yeah. We have this movie to blame for everything that's come out. Notebook compared to this it's way better. This yeah, I, I use the, the exact didn't phrase. Make anybody's list. It almost made mine. It was my okay. top two. <laughs> it was between the Notebook and P.S. I Love You, and that is a really hard choice. Should have chose the Notebook. Yeah. Wrong. I, no. I, 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 I love Adam, you. I just want to tell you, Adam. I I saw this movie once in a long time ago, <laughs> and I called it a walk to forget because that's how cringy <laughs> it was so bad like if you want to talk about a romantic movie this isn't it this isn't it this is high school teen drama wrapped up in an hour and 40 minutes this is basically one tree hill without leukemia with leukemia i mean come on you're not i don't disagree i think my friend actually said like this is a beautiful romantic story and also this kid's off the hook for the rest of his life like he's like okay i did this one i'm this reformed bad boy for a year and a half and now I'm free again, and I'm 18 years old and can date whoever I want, and none of this matters. Like, it was, like, transformative for him. But <laughs> you have to remember, he has the whole rest of his life ahead of him. Like, how many more Nicholas Sparks movies did he live through after that one? Because he <laughs> yeah. has them for all age ranges. <laughs> this is true. We, I think we need to go back and get a sequel to Walk to Remember here. It's, it went, he went to, no, it went to Dear John. See, he became that guy. And then yeah. after that, he transitioned <laughs> there you to go. Uh, And then he became that Zac Efron character in the one that he was in. Wait, Zac Efron was in a Nicholas Sparks book? Yes, I mean, probably. he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which one is that? Point? Yeah. Uh, Bailey's trying to remember. I'll say, are you going to look, look it up? up there? I'll look but it up. Damn, Jake. No, seriously. You just set up Adam to get his movie shit on by everybody. <laughs> damn. I mean, it may have been being talked about prior to Adam joining the call. And it gave me I'm a really easy that. segue. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It was very random that that happened. <laughs> also, like, we are all setting ourselves up for the same level of criticism, though. So I feel like he oh, just yeah. happened to be the first person because people Efron are going to not like so much. 
the lucky thank one. I thought you, it was neighbors. Yeah. I thought he did neighbors. He, I'm sorry. He did I mean, do that too, but that wasn't I know, I thought that was it. Not Nicholas Sparks. <laughs> not no. a romance. I can see how you would get confused, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, people fell in love with Zach Efron in that movie, that's for sure. I mean, I know I did. If it took you this long to fall in love with Zach Efron, you got some problems. That's true. I'm just saying. Listen, neighbors I just came out. I never liked the little Twinkie Zach Efron in High School Musical never. and all that. Never. I don't believe you. Nothing for me. I loved him. <laughs> you, you, I was like, you can believe me. He did nothing for me when he was. What about Seventeen High again? Zach. Come on, what about Seventeen again? Uh, I was that mostly was impressed one. with the fact that he could eat that much food in one movie. I didn't think he could carbo load like that on screen, but he sold it if he was faking it. <laughs> All right, so, so we're gonna, rom-com. Yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna go to Bailey now because she already talked about what her movie was. Tell us why you love P.S. I Love You, babe. My top two were The Notebook and P.S. I Love You. And when it came down to those two, I had to really think about if I had to choose which movie do I go more towards. I chose P.S. I Love You just because it has some comedy element to it. There are like funny moments, but. <sighs> Has anybody noticed that when you're looking at romance movies, romance movies leave you depressed and wondering yeah. what yeah. in the yes. world? Yeah. So that's my defining difference between romance and rom com is like rom com has the happy ending, romance, romance has, has the a depressing, significant tragedy. Yes. Not so always. Signi- no. It doesn't have to end badly, but it has to have a significant yes. tragedy as part of it. Part and of so it. So with P.S. I Love You, it doesn't leave me completely like defeated, thinking, God damn, I need to go to therapy. <laughs> No, it just makes you cry the entire movie. I no, mean, not it the is whole a beautiful movie. movie. Listen, I have just never understood why anyone's attracted to Gerard Butler. You can oh, shut your mouth. Such a good looking I don't understand how we're no. He's the no, most you and I. He's, he's a, the he's, most badass looking dude out there. His <laughs> face look his face always looks like it's being squeezed together. No. In this movie, anytime he opens his mouth and just starts speaking with that okay. Irish, it's yeah. the Irish you're accent. Oh yeah, he's but like, he's Irish and he's girly, and he looks like he just came in from shoveling peat in the bog. Like I want to buy See, that man a beer and take him home. You're ignoring though the fact that his face looks like a foot. No, he looks <laughs> like a rugged outdoorsman. Exactly. I'm sorry, he doesn't like. Listen, Ryan Gosling is hot in his own way because he looks like that pretty preppy boy who can kind of get a five o'clock shadow and maybe fight in a war. Maybe. Whereas, like, Maybe. Gerard Butler was, Maybe. like, he'd be, he'd be the pikeman. Like, I'm thinking about the notebook specifically. Like, he, he survived the war. Great. But, like, how hard did he work? But, like, Gerard Butler, I feel like he would straight up fight a dude in a bar for just, like, looking at you wrong. Yeah, I mean, which... his face looks like he's gotten punched in a bar no, several times. Oh, my God. Uh, Matt, you're such a Gerard Butler hater. I don't, I think you're having too much ill will because of Phantom of the Opera. And so I, I mean, want you to let that go. Yes. That's a big part okay. of it. I need you to there let that is. go. I figured it out. I forgot, I forgot about that because I blacked that out from my memory. I'm also, like... <laughs> P.S. I Love You was never going to be the movie for me because I also hate Hilary Swank. So I hate Hilary Swank. I'm sorry. I don't care for Hilary Swank either, but I, that's just is a testament to how much I like that movie. And I think I love the the plot of the movie more than anything else. Like the the cuteness, like thoughtfulness factor is on like overload. Like how far he went to help her get over the fact that he had this tragic illness, died. Mm. Now she's on her own again. Like everything mm-hmm. he did was so awesome. Like it's. I think it's like something that everybody who like wishes they had that type of disease and something that did that like wishes they could do because, but they don't have like Hollywood behind them. So obviously they can't. 
nobody wishes when they have a terminal disease to the point. Say, <laughs> to I don't know. No, I'm not saying they wish they had a terminal disease, but if they did, they would leave something like that behind for their loved ones. God, Cole, damn. Okay, Again, all right, I I'll give you that. anybody wishing, oh man, I wish I had a terminal disease. That's not what I said. No, I'm saying also, if they already have the terminal disease. I'm not saying anybody wants to have a terminal disease. You guys are crazy. <laughs> Purposely trying to miss You also have to factor it. in that, like, this was, you know, it was towards the end of the Friends phase. Lisa Kudrow is in that. She's wonderful comic relief in that movie. She plays one of the best friends. Mm-hmm. And then this was also one of the first things that I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan did. I was trying to remember who else was in this there was more than just him Mm -hmm. but jeffrey dean morgan is like the replacement irish guy who is the worst thing about that movie for me was his irish accent yes attempt um but he again he stole it away with the ruggedness you shut shut your mouth what did you just say he said yeah he's wrong he's being wrong this episode he's just being wrong about everything i am not wrong (laughs) he's been wrong a lot of today um <laughs> but yeah so and also it has for those of us who are old enough to be the buffy generation maybe just me it has james masters in it who is spike and buffy that's cole. the guy right cole can hear it. yep yeah. cole's, cole's responded to that he got his hand up he's like yep yep yeah, yeah so I like he's them. in it too yeah. so there's there's a plethora of at that time what would have been acceptable eye candy for people who aren't matt hoskins <laughs> how old is that i'm sorry that time I'm sorry. I am the only one who can see the truth about Gerard Butler. The only. Now you really sound like Ron. I'm the only one who can see this. Everybody I else mean, is just nuts. I can believe Gerard Butler in any action movie because he's done that. But I, I have one for one. I've not seen P.S. I love you. We talked about this, and I need to see it. But it's really hard for me to. See. But he's he's doing the Irish accent. Yeah, and if yes. it helps, okay, he's so only he's doing in the movie for like all right, all right, ten minutes. All right. And technically, he's not Irish. He's Scottish. So, yeah, he's doing correct. Things. It's meant to be set. Yeah, but but I mean, I'm, I'm not hating on him. But yeah. I mean, like, I'm just looking at his movies. He's got like 300, and then the rest of them are just your typical action movies. So this yeah. will be interesting when I watch it. Oh yeah, you're gonna. I think you'll like it. It's and like I said, okay. it's it's less of him actually acting in it because most of what he's doing is just honestly speaking, and you're getting a lot conveyed through hillary swank so as much as i don't like her she does a good job of acting in this movie like she is she's really on point with how people would actually respond with the to this type of situation Um, Mm -hmm. and so i think she did a good job like she i mean she has to carry the movie because she's the focal point for 90 percent of it i mean so on that note all right so cole's gonna go watch it you're gonna have to accept gerard butler in a non-action role uh Cole's got a lot of work to do this week. Yeah, he does. I mean, I've seen The Ugly <laughs> Truth and he was he was good in that because he was oh, played right. a dick. I feel like yeah. that's just mm-hmm. his personality. So but I was thinking about that yeah. too. We'll see how he does. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to go next? Aaron, Matt, Cole? I mean, I'll go. All right. Go for it, Cole. What's so your favorite? My my romance movie that I picked was Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Fantastic and uh movie. Now, I love it, one, because it pulls it pulled Jim Carrey again out of his comedic role, and I think mm-hmm. he just excels in that sometimes when he gets the right role for him. Um, and then just the way it was shot, where you're in it, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it yet, crazy, but <laughs> um, this, the shots where they're like in his head for basically 75% of the movie, and mm-hmm. just the, dyna- the dynamic between him and um, 
Kate Winslet. I, I dare to say it's one of the best on-screen chemistries I've seen ever. Mm-hmm. I don't um, think I've ever seen this movie. Like I've heard of it. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen it. I mean, so, there are times where it's really sad, but there are, it has its redeeming qualities. And I don't, I don't feel like when I finish it, I feel just, I don't feel totally sad or exhausted. It feels very mm-hmm. real to me. Like mm-hmm. this is a real yeah. thing that could happen. Bes- I mean, besides the, <laughs> the doctor part. But the sci-fi-ish the, the part just, of it. But. The sci-fi-ish part, but the going through of emotion and the ups and downs of the relationship and people communicating and not communicating, it feels like a very uh, real movie. And that's why I love it because it's just, it's almost like watching a reality TV show without, the reality aspect of it, I guess. Mm. Uh, so, so Matt think, and I were talking, go ahead. I was going to say, I, one of the things I, I do know about the movie, because I, I read like all sorts of the articles of like crazy movie details that like you'd never notice the first time around and stuff like that. And one of them I'd seen was in this movie. It's like when he's in the bookstore, like none of the books have titles on them because he couldn't remember what all the titles would have been for the books. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Like, I wonder why that phenomenal. matters. <laughs> and now knowing that it takes place in his head, like I was like, oh, okay, that makes a lot more sense now. That's pretty cool. Um, so I want to add my two cents in there before I let you guys talk about it. I've actually seen it. So Matt and I were talking about the like rom-coms in general beforehand. And I was saying that I was mad that I forgot about Silver Linings Playbook. Mm. However, when I think of Silver Linings Playbook, I think of it being more like this movie. So I don't think of it as a romantic drama because I'm thinking of it as like, it's addressing breakups. It's addressing like mental health and mental illness and like those things on top of, so it's almost like the romance comes secondary to like Mm. yourself, like their self transformations in that movie in particular, because that movie goes really deep into like how people cope with themselves, both inside and outside the relationship and also after a breakup and like what toll do people take on our lives in any aspect versus just in a romantic way hmm. um so i don't i don't normally lump that in i definitely see where it qualifies um just like silver lining's playbook definitely qualifies when i'm thinking of those movies initially i don't think of them as romances because uh, it's almost okay. like that interpersonal relationship is like a big part of the storyline but it's not the only part of the storyline I gotcha. That makes sense. I was kind of wondering where you're like, I was like, he didn't say Silver Linings Playbook. He said Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. I didn't know where you were going at first with that. Um, and so I had, to, I had to wait for you to wait for you to get it. But I know what you're saying. To there get because, all the way back around to my yeah. point. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean though, because Silver Linings Playbook is so much more about them both dealing with like their own like mental health issues and like confidence and all of this other exterior stuff. Well, personal stuff rather than mm-hmm. the relationship between them it does really come secondary like it's it's a part of the story like they, they it's not like it happened by accident or anything like that just because of ke- great chemistry in the movie which i mean it's possible that it exemplifies it but it was definitely written in to be there and i know what you mean by what you're saying there at least for silver lines playbook because i haven't seen this one matt any any thoughts Bailey, i don't think you've seen this one either have you nope that's why i got nothing to say uh, so now okay. i got homework <laughs> My thoughts are that you guys should absolutely watch this movie because it's amazing. Okay, it's amazing. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's, I saw it in the theaters and I just was, I walked out with at the time my girlfriend and it was just like, what did I just watch? This was amazing. Mm-hmm. This is so cool and so great. I've only, I can honestly say though, I've only watched it maybe five or six times in the entirety that you know since it came out. But mm-hmm. every time it's I heavy. watch it, it's and so it's heavy. artistic. Like, so like you wanna, you wanna be able to retain yeah. it, but then you can't do a lot else. Like at the beginning, like you can't, it's not like one of those movies you can wedge in on a movie night in between other things. And it you definitely can't play like on your deserves phone what's a viewing. Happening. Yeah. Right. You have to pay enough attention. Mm-hmm. And you said it's a movie that after I'm done, I'm not going to be like, 
sobbing so heavy that I can't breathe like a star is born. No, I, I mean, no. I didn't oh, God. cry at all. Any any viewing of this, I've never, I never cried. It's but a, you also have pregnancy hormones going on right now, so <laughs> well, that's true. Anything. Yeah, it's a, but it's not. It's I not do like not. a. Really does. It's not like a tragic movie. It's a very like bittersweet story. Okay. It's yeah. Relatable, not depressing. So like okay. you've probably had similar lows in relationships yourself, but it's not depressing to the point where that's the only focus mm. is the sad parts. It like, cause the whole basic premise is what if you could, if you met someone and you broke up, what if you could erase them from your memory? So the it's like the relationship yeah. never happened completely. Uh. And like, what's the collateral damage of that and what have you from there? And like, do you really want to forget all the good parts with the bad parts? And that's the most that I will say okay. without spoiling anything. Mm-hmm. Well, now that's the premise is if you had this option would you do it and why huh now i will tell you it's only streaming on stars so yes. i had to watch Shit. my version on my computer so all right we hear it it's lit reviews do not condone the uh, illicit downloading no. of movies no. <laughs> <laughs> i have an itunes sure. version of it so <laughs> okay well, we'll that was a out. very good synopsis and i can't wait to watch it now because that is a very that is an interesting concept. And as much as we talk about how amazing Jim Carrey is, that's one of the best performances of Kate Winslet's life as well, I would say. Yeah. Because you yeah. don't often get to see her drop the, the the proper facade, you know, her introduction was Titanic where she was this gorgeous, glamorous, youthful girl and her other rom-coms include like The Holiday and those kind of frivolous things and this is like oh, a much more holiday. it allows her to be like a a more raw real person, so I just feel like it's way more I don't know. Relatable is the only word I can think of at the moment. Like, it's definitely a little bit realer. You could have this conversation. You would, like, overhear some of these conversations in real life. Hmm. Okay. All right. So, Aaron, what's your favorite? Oh, this is the serious one, right? Uh, I struggled. I originally picked something a little bit more obscure. um, But I. I I'm pretty sure both the ones you tossed in the group chat, I looked at them and I was like, I've never heard of either (laughs) of these. so I would, I would recommend Becoming Jane. It was kind of an independent film um, that it was about Jane Austen and a relationship she had in her life that like has parallels to the book she wrote. Mm-hmm. And it stars um, uh, Anne Hathaway and James McAvoy. So. And I watched it for James McAvoy because I don't love Anne Hathaway and that's a whole fight that Matt and I have. But Whoa. the movie I landed on permanently as my final locked-in choice um, was Sleepless in Seattle. Um, it's not new, uh, but it is probably... <laughs> what did you say predictable it's wow. the original it's the it's one of the originals though you can't call it pre- you can call it predictable now because everyone's based their entire romance or rom-com right. off of that type i mean i mean right. it's nora it's nora efron at her finest it's tom and, hanks yeah. it's meg ryan like yeah it's everything you wanted to be in more yeah no it's i mean like it straight shot to the Dean's nine, 90s romance like I, and i can't remember if that's where they met but tom hanks and his wife are both in that movie she plays victor garber's wife on on the like in the setup but i just like you're right you know the whole the, there's that speech that he has that he, every time i watch it god help me as a hopeless romantic the when he's on the phone with the radio talk show host and his kids falling asleep on his lap and she's like so what are you gonna do next and he says you know i'm gonna get up every morning and i'm gonna breathe in and i'm gonna breathe out i'm gonna live my life and you know maybe the next day i won't have to remind myself to get up every morning and breathe in and breathe and you're just gonna be like oh my god that's so real and again you've got something that opens with tragedy opens with the death of a wife but you never actually see that much about it it's just the aftermath of that how do you rebuild yourself 
Spoilers. Once you think you've lost that first love. Um, it came up in 93, if you haven't seen it yet. <laughs> but I mean, the, uh, I mean, Rosie O'Donnell is in it as her best friend. Oh, I, I don't mean, know if I want to watch re- it now. No, she's not insufferable, <laughs> I promise. This was 90s um, Rosie, Rosie O'Donnell when everyone liked her. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't really go crazy Before until she the got 2000s. Angrier. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, they, they talk about, and even like in that movie, they talk about the great romantic movies. Like they talk about an affair to remember it over and over again. We're like meeting at the top of the, or the Eiffel Tower, Jesus, the Empire State <laughs> Building. Yeah, they moved the Eiffel Tower to New York in case you guys are wondering. <laughs> well, I know that's referenced in How Much Your Mother too. Like that's why I knew something was about that because that's when like Ted's reenacting it with like the little dolls and like Robin comes out and she's like, are you reenacting like the final scene of Sleepless in Seattle? And he's like, how long have you been there? And he, she's like, two minutes. He's like, yeah, just the final scene. <laughs> just, just the final scene. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's definitely worth the watch. Like you guys said, it has some elements of levity, but you can't really open with a funeral. And, you know, he's also, there's also like a single parent aspect of it that I don't think is getting talked about a lot. Like, how do you date after being widowed or being divorced? Like, especially at that time, it wasn't something that was being addressed a lot in cinema. So hmm. that's my contextual information that I have about that. But mostly I love Tom Hanks and he's a national treasure and I watch everything he's ever and ever. Truth. I think the thing I have to say here to to give the Ron take in this, and this is because I just saw it when I popped up the the Google search on Sleepless in Seattle, is oh uh, here we go. So the people, the questions people ask is is Sleepless in Seattle creepy, and the answer to this is yes, because Meg yeah. Ryan is a hundred percent a stalker in this movie of okay. Tom Hanks. <laughs> but if I, if we can go back to uh, how I met your mother again, this is the Dobbler Dahmer theory. Ah, it's true. Creepy. True. creepy if it's creepy if they're not attractive. It's cute if they are attractive. Yes. If you want it to happen, it's cute. If you don't want it to happen, it's creepy. If you don't and have consent, it's creepy. <laughs> and I will say, there's also a certain amount of like, of the people responding to these letters, she's the same one. So like, he has his <laughs> radio podcast, and then suddenly, like, every woman in America who's single is like you know, heard Tom Hanks' voice on the radio and knows that he's just some sad, handsome bachelor architect in Seattle. And they're like, yeah, I'm going. Like, so that's sort of the whole thing is that, like, how do you weed out the crazies when something like that happens? Hmm. Which that never happens because it's romantic comedy. You can't go to the internet. The internet didn't exist. True. Google people. Yeah, there was no Tinder back then. Tom Hanks would have had a very different story. When you watch that, but it's almost hard looking at like the cell, like the, the phones they use, like they're all landlines. Oh, yes. She has oh my to gosh. pull the cord out of the wall to hide in the closet to listen to the radio program at night. Like, and she's got one of those closets that has like a fold down ironing board, like things that do not exist in real life anymore are in that movie. Reminds me of when I watched Liar Liar and she had the car phone. Oh, oh gosh, I that, that brick. Yep. It was awesome. <laughs> all right, Matt, wrap us up. Favorite romantic movie. Not rom com. Right. Uh, this is one that kind of blurs the line a little bit. I feel like, uh, but for me, it falls a little more on the dramatic side of things. Okay. Uh, my favorite romantic movie is uh, Love Simon, which came out two, three years ago. Yeah, fairly recently. <laughs> uh, and the big reason that I loved it so much is because it showed a relationship that you that you hadn't seen portrayed in that way before. Uh, like it showed that teen romance, but they're gay, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I, I just think that that's the kind of thing that's, uh, 
like a low key really important thing for Hollywood to do is to show mm-hmm. a not like non traditional relationships on screen more often and portray them uh, in a very normal way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where it helps, especially to, in that age range. Yeah, yeah. it normalizes like that those age range. You're trying to lot. figure it out. Because when you see, like, when you see gay, trans, and homosexual, LGBTQ people on movies and TV shows lately, it's almost always in adulthood. Like, it's sometimes, like, Glee played with it a little bit. Um, but for, as far as you see, like, big movies like that, they don't normally address it at that age. And if you, they do... I mean, they touch on it in Perks of Being a Wallflower, but it's not about that. Yeah, I was gonna say, if they do, it's usually, like, a side character might happen to be gay, or... Uh, there's some tragic story being told about this gay teenager or something. Yeah. Or there's like a gay couple represented in high school, but it's not like their story. They're just in the background. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And I think part of what they did too, Matt, Matt, to your point, like it showed like a normal relationship. Like so often when you see that LGBTQ representation too, it's so like, like extreme like they want you to know like they they like are like making it blatantly obvious like everybody watching it like kurt and glee like everybody knew it immediately like the dude was gay and then Mm. love simon they do it it's where it's much more normalized where it's like now they act normal like there's nothing that different about except he's in love with another dude like that's it Mm -hmm. like and that's and he's working through the same feelings as everybody else's that's straight and so it is i think you're right i think it's a very it is like a responsibility almost for, for Hollywood to have that and be able to do something like that that takes it seriously and doesn't try to over-dramatize or over, overdo it one way or the other. It's presenting the same story they would just with that type of character. And I, I think moving even beyond that, I think the movie does, does a decent job of like showing how like high schoolers act. Yeah. So. Like they, these don't it's seem like the they're like 26 year olds. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, they, like they seem like teenagers. We're not doing full grease casting where they're all like 26 and <laughs> I mean, pregnant If teenagers. we're talking grease, most of them were like 35. 30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be generous to Danny Zuko. There's a special place I mean, in my heart. Stalker Channing was 100% like 36 years old when they made oh, that Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm still flawless. I think something else of that movie too that like they handled well in that film for being part of it is that you know I feel like all of us have to navigate like the conversation with your parents in general just like you know you're in you're in high school they want to have it you don't want to have it they don't want to have it but they know they need to and I feel like the way they handled that in this movie with the added aspect of like this is a whole part of himself he's revealing on top of the fact that he has to have like the Burgess Bees talk with mom and dad. I, I love that movie, but the conversation between the lead actor and whose name I'm blanking on and Jennifer Garner after he's come out where she's on the couch and she, what, what did she Nick, say? Matt? Nick like, Robinson? I feel like the last couple of years you've, you've been, been holding, holding your breath. breath. Yeah. Yeah. Nick Robinson is and the I actor's just, name. Yeah. And I was just like, like that conversation to me, like I can see it in my head when I think about it. And it, I think it was just a really moving portrait of like, there's that whole extra step that people don't think about with coming of age and being LGBTQ. But I think they captured mm-hmm. very well based on, I mean, I am only an ally, but I feel like based on the experiences of my friends and family, like that was very accurate. I was really impressed with the actor too. Like Nick Robinson, I wasn't, I wasn't a huge fan. Of, like the only thing I'd really seen him in prior to that was Jurassic World, and I wasn't over right. oh, yeah. with him. Like I thought mm-hmm. he was kind of like, eh. 
like he was playing like the cool the cool older brother kid like i mean his i think his character called for somebody that was supposed to be flat and uninterested and everything and but i mean it makes for a very tough acting job to make people like enjoy what you're doing um and i think he yeah he definitely showed that he had some some skills in in love simon i agree so on the flip side so now onto the less serious side of things you have the rom-coms which I think there's probably a lot tougher choices because comedy movies in general, I have a hard time like trying to stack against each other because sometimes it just depends on the mood you're in when you watch like a certain comedy, like where one just hits you better than a different genre of comedy. Like Liar Liar, I didn't think I was going to laugh as hard as I did when I rewatched it for probably the 20th time here, like two weeks ago with Bailey. Mm-hmm. That movie and it's only watched that 20 times. I mean, that's a low ball number. Like I have no idea for sure. <laughs> Um, but like, I was like, like, I know everything that's happening in this movie and it like still had me like, ball, <laughs> like bawling because I was laughing so hard Hi. at moments. <laughs> so funny. Um, so I really think interested that's, to hear I still think here. that's Jim Carrey's best comedy. <laughs> oh yes. So I know good. that's a very loaded statement, but. Which again, it could just depend on the mood you're in too, because sometimes you want right. something that's a little bit maybe raunchier than Liar Liar is. And you might go with uh, one of his, one of his other movies, but. Against Carrie Elway, even though he's terrible at the claw, the guy who plays the new stuff, like he's a dreamboat. Oh, no, it's easy to root against him because he's the douche and twi- uh, twister. So that's true. Uh, you're right. Although okay, he is in my, Wesley in Princess I was going to say he is in my favorite rom-com, which is Princess Bride. So like, he's a I, dynamic actor. What can we say? He is. He is. He is makes you love a, him. He makes you story. hate him. <laughs> Uh, so Princess Bride is my favorite because it is 100% because it's a kissing story because it's a kissing story <laughs> um, but it's 100% like just my brand of like comedy like I love the slapstick banter comedy rather than like over like jokes and like things that they're trying to shove in your face about like I mean it's, there's some moments too where you have like not in that movie but like I, I laugh as much as somebody else if you see somebody physical comedy slip and fall they run into a telephone pole like sure like things like that are funny too dude gets hit in the nuts mm-hmm. I mean, dude gets hit in the nuts it, it is yeah, what it is <laughs> 30 40 times but the banter of this and and all the different things it takes you through like i remember all i can think of when i think of the princess bride is like the checklist that people have like have you seen the memes where it's like how oh, i want to watch an action movie okay how about the princess bride now i want to watch something that's like more fantasy all right how about princess bride about i want to watch bride? a romance how about princess bride and they're like mm-hmm. all right so you want to watch princess bride <laughs> It has a little bit of everything in it uh, with romance and comedy, I think, being the two biggest drivers because the comedy is 100% through there all the way. It's very Monty Python-esque in that type of comedy where it's... Sort of Mel Brooksian too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like it has that like quick wit absurdist. humor. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's what I love it for. And I know Bailey hates it because of it. Like she's not that type of comedy person. Um, <laughs> Wait, Bailey, you don't like the Princess Bride? You don't like the Princess Bride? What? No. See, I told you we were going to get those reactions. <laughs> and you set me up to get shit on. I so. did. That's what you get for not liking my movie. <laughs> Too bad. Your movie sucks. I don't know that Which I've does ever. does not suck. I literally don't know that I've ever met somebody who doesn't like the Princess Bride. I might have before. to have her rewatch it again and like, Same. and get her. And I think she would. I think maybe like the first time she was just like in a bad mood or something. I, I don't know. remember when I've watched it. So yeah. Oh yeah. So we're gonna have to rewatch it then. We're gonna have to rewatch that. Currently streaming <laughs> somewhere. I think Disney Plus. Yeah, Disney Plus. I mean, dude, it's got Andre yep, the it Giant. It is on Disney Plus. Come on. Anybody want a pita? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> 
I will say that is one of the most quotable movies. Like it oh, has stood the sure. test of time as far as like quotable taglines. Oh really? A mask is terribly comfortable. I think we'll all be wearing them in the future. Okay. But yeah, like hold on. The whole like the marriage spiel. I was gonna say the number of yeah. weddings I have been to where somebody has busted into the marriage. The love. number of weddings where that was me. <laughs> that we both been to. Okay. I wanted boys. to do that at a wedding, but I got nixed. <laughs> she says Hang it's on. the most quotable movie. So Hoskins, boys, this is towards you. Which one is the more quotable? Quotable movie, that or Super Troopers? Different oh, quotes. Yeah, oh, it's like so. No. See, I actually don't think either of those is the most quotable movie. No, Dodgeball is probably the one I can I, think I of the most that I quote. <laughs> Dodgeball. What else? Dodgeball or Talladega Nights? Dodge 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 Dodgeball. That was my no. Two I quote most. If you ain't first or last. My right. single That's... most quoted movie line is probably. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see how it plays out. That's for exactly we'll right. That's for exactly right. Thing is that almost everyone that uses that quote has no idea where it comes from. Where oh, I'm from. sure. No. Right. No, I think I mean, we could do I a whole podcast girls, on that. Bailey, Ooh. I, I meant Ooh. one of, but I think that I think that Bailey's right. Bailey said Mean Girls, and I think that that's when I definitely like you hear people quote like "You go, Glenn Coco, none for Gretchen Wiener." Mm-hmm. Stop um, trying to make Mean Girls a thing. Fetch like. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's why sweatpants are all that fit me right now. It's very real. Sweatpants are all that fit me right now. All right. So, Bailey, what's your favorite? Princess Bride? It's relatable. Princess Bride. Princess Bride is very quotable, though. Yeah, it's very quotable. Did you say me? No, I was saying Bailey. I was letting her, oh. Oh, I was Bailey. Letting her go Good. to hers now. What, 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 what? I said, so what's yours since what's we're your gonna, I'm going to make you rewatch Princess Bride? I've been on Forgetting Sarah Marshall. It's a good movie. That movie makes me piss my pants. The entire play. I didn't the entire play such a dude end. bro answer from you, Bailey. What? Like to me, to me, that's the kind of movie that like a like a dude would pick as a rom com because it's got more funny dudes in it and Mila Kunis than it actually Mila being Kunis. about romantic comedy. So I'm I'm impressed with that choice by you. I was unexpected. Thank you, thank you. I had a lot. I had a tough time with rom coms. Like I did, I had like 27 dresses, how to lose a guy in 10 days. I mean, there was so many classic to choose <sighs> from, but I'm like, no, Girl, the warrior King. I mean, we oh my even, gosh, our we love burn. You let it die. We haven't even gotten back into and touched on the JLo rom-com era. So I know <gasps> there's so There's many at least rom-coms three good ones. There. At least three good ones. There are no, at least three good I, ones. Bailey, I will tell you, I enjoyed this movie. My problem is, is I can't get on the Russell Band or Russell Brand. I don't bandwagon. like Russell Brand either. He's, I find him so annoying. Jason Segel. I mean, the amazing. movie itself is. I, I like the movie. I have the movie. It's funny, but like I can only watch it when I'm in the mood to deal with Russell Brand because most I mean, time I just <laughs> find him annoying. It's I like the see, only thing I like him in. No, I like him in. Uh, Arthur also I think he's hilarious in that one but other than that like I'm with you Cole Russell Brand just like I I, like I see him in a movie and I'm like this movie's gonna suck (laughs) (laughs) I don't think like that no like he just has that type of like voice and like acting style that I'm like nope I'm not gonna like this movie (laughs) he's he's just that character that makes you cringe but Mm -hmm. it's almost too funny that you can't laugh 
Jason Siegel's whole Dracula musical thing at the end there oh oh my God. kills me. <laughs> I forgot it about that. Me every time. I, I keep forgetting it's there. I forgot about that. I, I mean, that Bailey probably just likes this movie because of the nudity. Probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's Mila Kunis too, so I mean, who wouldn't? No, I mean the Jason Siegel nudity. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the towel slap. Yeah, I got a surprise for you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness! All right, we'll go to we'll go to Matt this time since he had to go last last time. What was what, favorite rom com? <laughs> All right, going real under the radar here. I feel like uh, music and lyrics with Hugh Grant oh, and Drew yeah. Barrymore. I love that. Uh, and I I want to say this: uh, both Hugh Grant and Drew Barrymore have been in a lot of romantic comedies separately, uh, and they both always play the same character in their romantic comedies. Who, uh, Hugh Grant, I think, only plays one character. Period. In any movie he's in. Mm-hmm. Except for Bridget Jones' Diary, we had that conversation, Matt and I tonight. It's true. <laughs> uh, no, but I I feel like just something about the two of them coming together in this movie just works really well. Uh, like they play off each other in their one characters very well. Mm-hmm. I like the th- I like the premise of it. Uh, the music is really good in it, also. Too. Yeah, like, I I'm mean, like they absolutely nail the parody of the '80s pop band. Like, <laughs> yes. Yep. And the parody of the team Pop Princess. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, that, I totally forgot about that movie, Matt. You're right. Under the Radar. Yeah. I remember I mean, that movie, though. I love it. This, the, the songs are all pretty catchy. Lyrics are clever. Like, the jokes fly fast and hard. It's a solid movie. It's I on think that a, was a joke in itself, too. <laughs> I, I skipped right over it. I uh, it's on HBO right now, if anybody is interested in checking it out. So. There you go. HBO Max, not HBO Habogo. Habogo. <laughs> yes. Habogo. Uh, you know, so we definitely just rewatched this movie before we got, like, literally finished it as we were getting the call about Adam's Power. Um, and I gotta say, like, I owned, I paid money for this movie. I have the soundtrack on my phone. For me, it's still just a B movie, personally. Oh, like, I, I like it, but I don't think it belongs in the best of lists. Personally, Matt didn't know I was going to say that, but I was just sitting here thinking about it. I'm like, it's good, but it's like, it's not, it's not, I don't think it's going to stand the test of time. Let me, I don't uh, think that 30 years from now, we're still going to be talking about musical well, lyrics. I mean, Let we, me just we all had to sit there and go, from oh, I forgot bag. about that one. That's true. That's true. And I mean, in Matt's defense, this isn't a best list. This is favorite. So Matt, you're safe there. True. True. You're right. But even Same. in 10 years, I think to Aaron's point in 10 years, I don't think, I don't think you'll remember it to have be your favorite in 10 years. I think I will. <laughs> it's already you will it's not already thirteen us. years old. Like <laughs> accepted. It's not like this movie came out two years ago. Like this is already an old movie. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That I'm the only yeah, one who remembers. Well, it wasn't super well received. When it, like it wasn't poorly received, but I can't remember what it came out with. I have no idea. <laughs> but I, just, I don't it, like. It wasn't one of those things that like made a big splash because I don't know. I guess maybe because. Well, I don't like Drew Barrymore, so I should probably shut up. Um, I was say, speaking of movies that didn't make a big splash, though, Aaron, if I remember correctly, I don't even know what movie yours is in the list. Of this oh, her, one? For rom com? Yeah. It, if I remember correctly. Older than you. <laughs> that's okay. That's why. Okay. I picked, am I next? I picked yep. my best friend's wedding. Yep. Never even heard of it. 
What? Okay, but but you've heard of Julia Roberts, right? Julia Roberts, yeah. So this was like and, the second biggest thing after Mystic Pizza and Aaron Brockovich. And you've heard like, of, you, you might have heard of another little actress, Cameron Diaz. Pretty woman. Cameron Diaz. Put Pretty Woman up there. Yeah, I was going to say true. Pretty, pretty, pretty Woman. Woman pretty Woman, you're right, you're right. That was Mystic Pizza and Pretty Woman. Oh, I forgot even to think about Pretty Woman. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so I picked this as my favorite because probably wildly inappropriately, uh, this was my favorite movie when I was 10. Um <laughs> Being that it deals a lot with like nudity and smoking and sex and stealing people's husbands and maybe not the most appropriate for a ten year old, but I love Julia Roberts. That sounds like and an my first 80s major. Movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and also nudity and like, smoking. I think I think it's eighty seven. It maybe come out like or no ninety three, early nineties. I think is when it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, Dermot Mulroney's in it with his cute little lip scar, and it's based in Chicago, one of my favorite cities. And Julia Roberts is a national treasure with her big teeth and her she giant hair. She is fantastic. Her big teeth. <laughs> she is. And she's not, she's, again, it's, for me, it's the relatability of it, of that, like, she is that person who had that on again, off again for a long time, who just kind of assumed it was going to be there and suddenly it isn't anymore. Mm. And then, like, how do you deal with that? And, again, all-star cast. Um, I'm trying to remember who plays the parents but you'd, you'd know them if you saw them and then Rupert Everett is in there as her gay best friend which again wasn't getting super televised at that time karaoke bars in Chicago and also n- kind of not stereotypically for rom-coms as Matt pointed out they don't oh wait spoilers I mean it's older than I am so go for it <laughs> cool yeah. yeah they don't end up together it is again. not older like, than you Jake <laughs> that's what she said she said it was older than me it's, it came no, out in 97 97 Almost oh, I thought it was earlier you. 90s, so that was me. That was my mistake. But yeah, so um, they don't end up together at the end, which like is mm. not normally, like when you talk about like the great love stories of your life, like that was still definitely in the storyline, a great love story, but like she didn't win the guy at the end of the day, which is not normally how they end. Yep, um, I gotcha. But yeah, definitely worth a watch if you guys haven't seen it. And it's got that, again, same kind of thing, like the giant car phones and they're like sending, they have to, they can only send emails from the office. Like they can't send it from home. Like they, so she has to like borrow a key to get into the office to send an email from the work computer. Like it's a whole big thing. Um, yeah, it's a whole drama. Yeah. She has to get into the office to send this email. Uh-huh. That's, that's Before hilarious. the deadline. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Also, again, like enough, <laughs> just like the extremes that someone will go to, to try and just, Shoot their shot, I guess, is what that movie's about. All right, so I, t- I like that. I like the takeaway of this movie is shoot your shot. Very shoot your shot. Shoot. Aaron's there taking this 97 movie and bringing it into 20, or 2020. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Cole, what's, wrap us up. What's your favorite rom-com? <sighs> okay, so this was really hard for me, and I'm going to throw a curveball and change mine in the oh, moment. Geez. No! <gasps> After okay. you didn't let me have one, Harry Met- I'm going to I was kind of hoping Jake would let me go first so that you could have it. Okay, so I have a 1A and a 1B, and Harry Met Sally is – can I have now two 1As? 1 no, now it's 1B. You just you said you're you going to change indecisive it. indecisive man, you. Yeah, I know. I totally am <laughs> going to change it. Um, And I'm probably going to get flack for it too because not a lot of people like this movie. I really don't care. Um, oh, he's 2005's Elizabethtown from Cam and Crow. Oh, really? I, I freaking love that movie, I and I it. love the soundtrack. Elizabethtown. Let me, let me Orlando Bloom. 
probably Orlando cringe Bloom, Kirsten I'll Kirsten give Dunst. you the soundtrack. Depressed Orlando Bloom is hard to look at for that long. I know, but I just and love And Kirsten how... Dunst teaching him how to use a Southern accent is hilarious. It is good. Um, but I mean, like, the cast is pretty amazing. Alec Baldwin's in it, Susan Sarandon, Judy Greer, Jessica Biel, Paul Schneider. I, I mean, uh, just a ton of great characters. And I mean, like, the story is a little flat. I will say that. Like, I don't, Orlando Bloom's character, his story's a little eh at the beginning. But as the movie progresses, and when Kirsten Dunst gets brought into it, to me, the movie just takes off. And then when you add that soundtrack behind it, it just, I don't know. Again, it's a very relatable hmm. movie. Um, with uh, there's there's a funeral starts involved. Starts with tragedy. Tragedy again. It starts with tragedy. I thought this was supposed to be a um, comedy. Dang. It yeah, I don't know if that with... one falls in the comedy. That might fall in the regular romance. I think. I don't know. It says it's a comedy first. So. Uh, <laughs> that's how Cole decided to make the change. He's like, nah, this. Well, says I tried to get another one in there, and Matt <laughs> shot me down, which I thought was more of a drama <laughs> than a comedy. So. But anyways, I thought it was great. Also, Cameron Crowe just makes some amazing films out there. Um, so if I can get a Cameron Crowe plug out there, I will. Uh, but I, I just love this movie. And Aaron, to your point, When Harry Met Sally is just an all-time classic. It's one of the best movies ever made. It's literally yes. made the best romantic comedy of all time. Yeah. I would even just it call it like right a regular comedy. It. Never seen either of them. Like it's just, You've uh, never seen what? When Harry... What? Oh, no. Well, right. okay. I was gonna say, let Ignore me say my defense. Other... When did it come out? Eighty-nine. A long time ago. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't um, matter. Ignore every other recommendation you've gotten in this. And go podcast. watch that. Watch when Harry met Sally. I will sure. tell you this, Jake. Um, I still can't believe you've watched that, but you've probably seen multiple scenes from it that people have acted out or said lines from because it's just. I'll that. have what she's having. <laughs> there you go. Or the pastrami sandwich thing. Um. But I, yeah, for me, I'd say my favorite is Elizabeth Town. But I would say all time is all time best that I know is when Harry met Sally. So I'll well, give it its like just a, due. Like a fun criteria to think about for when you're discussing rom coms is that like the declaration of love has to be good. Like the like the big that's the true. big gesture, the grand gesture has to be good. I think that's the saving I, grace of music and lyrics is the secret song that he sneaks in before their song, and that like that's the big thing and i think that in when harry met sally when he like runs into that again spoiler alert but it's from 1989 runs into that <laughs> new year's eve party wearing like jeans and a bomber jacket just like yeah. sweaty and gross from running in freezing cold new york and he's like i've been thinking about it the thing is i love you and you're just like what like <laughs> can you imagine like you're just chilling at a party like six champagnes in since new year's and then the guy that you just broke up with dramatically who has been your best friend off and on for years. Just like, Hey, so I love you. Let's live together forever. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about big overtly romantic gestures, like say anything where you're standing outside with the boom box. With the boom box. This is what I'm saying. Iconic. It is. Okay. I I, I don't know. There's so many iconic ones out there. I, another one I really, really love is when you, or you've got mail. Just, I think. Oh, you can't have eight movies, man. I can if I want. (laughs) This is my list. Can I? Can I make a, a recommendation just because there, there seem to be a lot that people haven't seen. And one of the most underrated, I mean, it's not the best written thing, but it's wildly entertaining and nobody knows about it is the movie America's Sweethearts. I've seen it. America's you've, Sweethearts. You've seen it. America's I seen it. I've seen it a couple of times. It is funny. It's good. So this cast is All right. Hank Azria, 
Billy Crystal, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Julia Roberts, John like Catherine Cusack. Like, it, oh, there's somebody else really big in there, too. And basically, like, Catherine Zeta-Jones and John Cusack are both movie stars and ex, uh, like, ex-wife and ex-husband. Mm-hmm. And um, Hank Azria is the new boyfriend, and Julia Roberts is his <laughs> sister. And it's so good. So, but it's one of those unsung, like, it has, again, same kind of thing, quick wit, it has the physical humor, it has the, like, bitter John Cusack, depressed guy, you know, <laughs> got you've got Tucci, Catherine Zeta-Jones, well, and Catherine Zeta-Jones is really there to just be, like, obnoxious sex appeal, like, that is her character summed That's up. Her, I mean, I fell in love with her in The Mask of Zorro, <laughs> so you don't have to sell me on that. <laughs> I mean, Jake has but got yeah, Christopher Walken in it, too, so. Yeah. So you're telling me that I need to watch the movie. That's what I heard. All right. And on that note, we got to thank you all for listening. That was my excellent Christopher Walken impression. You're welcome. Uh, nope. Shut your mouth. Did you ask Adam his favorite rom-com? His is The Princess Bread. It was the same as mine. Oh, I was because just saying, like, has- we just totally, like, shit on Adam this whole entire time. <laughs> and then be like, we're not even going to ask you about your rom-com. Because no. it's wrong. No, it's Princess Bride, which means he, I know he's right, which means he knows he's right. So, I mean. We know which one is the best one to The Hoskins have spoken. But we yeah. want to thank you guys for listening to us. If you have your own suggestions of rom-coms, romantic movies that you think are worthy of being included in like some of the best of all time or like you're just your favorite that maybe is a little bit slept on, feel free to send it to us in a message on our chat. We'll give it an honorable mention shout out in our next podcast. Uh, there's plenty of homework and viewing for all of you guys to do in your free time as we all remain kind of uh, entertainment-less uh throughout the rest until movie production gets back in order but we want to thank you again if you haven't already make sure you follow us on all the social media channels facebook twitter and instagram and until next time enjoy your quarantine streaming <laughs>